0: smiley it's a great day to be alive
1: i think that too i think it's i i i know we're still on that we're actually i don't know if i mentioned we're just coming out of a lockdown
0: are you oh no. dear like like, like these in
1: roots baby. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you need to go some places maybe. no so i i live outside of austin uh, in where country meets city and okay. so we have not been as locked down as many have and places that journalists are from so uh uh, it has not been as hard i think for us as it has been for a lot of people and a lot of friends so we're going to the water park today
1: Um, thank you we're in uh, london ontario we're we're built around a lot of medical hospitals very Mm. very pronounced and um my my husband is an er doc so i can't really escape this
0: (laughs) right wow that's Um, intense
1: it's been a bit of a different year. Yeah, but I have you on. I'm so excited to talk about this product for parents, for children, for schools, for mental health, because I think you have something that will help with the balancing of habits and behavior with families called Pinbill phones. So how did you start this? Like what made you go, yeah, I'm gonna just start this little
0: Oh yeah. So, uh, my co-founder and I had the problem, right? Which is we have children. And if you have children <laughs> <laughs> in this day and age, you have to figure out what, what we've come to call the phone problem. Right. And, uh, uh when you start figuring out the phone problem, I'm sure I, I am not telling anyone rocket science here. There aren't very many good options. And as no, we started researching so them, yeah. yeah, it's, it's so difficult. Um, and even if there are options, there aren't very many good philosophies. And that's what you really need, right? I don't. My goal isn't to have a joystick to control my child's phone use. My, my goal is a child who has built their own emotional resilience and impulse control enough that when they're around technology, they know where to go and not to go of their own accord. And that's that's a tall order, right? And you can't really. Here's
1: what we're working on, yeah. Because subscription right. is at eighty-seven percent prior to COVID, and gaming was at seventy-eight percent, I think, prior to COVID. I don't even want to know what the numbers of cyberbullying have escaped to right now. Oh, sure. Like I, I can't even think about that. So, Isaiah, I just want to give everybody a little bit of a background. Um, you are the co-founder of Pinwheel. You mm-hmm. are the master of building and uh, scaling teams, product management, communication, and coaching. Good job. You have started uh, six organizations designed and shipped around multiple B2B and the B2C products. And you're an entrepreneur. Um, mm-hmm. and, and and what else does uh, Isaiah do? <laughs> um,
0: I have a cover band, uh, if I trumpet in. Um, cool. I've, started, I've started a few bands in my life. Um,
1: I want, to Read see a lot. I want to
0: hear that mountain bike. Yeah, actually, uh, I
1: can't hear, hear it
0: here, but you have to see this is this is my this is my oh. baby. It's a 1951 oh. Selmer. So it's from France. Wow.
1: I'm so glad my kids didn't take that, that on out. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, no, that's a that's a horrible one for uh, the, the family life. Yeah, there's a lot the violin. of
1: violin. We have the violin. Uh, violin is pretty yeah. bad, too.
0: There's some squeaky Yeah.
1: I want the drums. I wanted someone to pick up the drums in our house. Like that's an investment. Yeah. (laughs) I can hear the kid across the street every day. (laughs) Like that's amazing. So good. Well, thank you for spending some time with me and not Mm. just me, though, Isaiah. This is for all parents in our 15 countries that listen to us around the world. And hi everyone listen they all, listen, hi, they all <laughs> listen to different things that we're finding what can we do strategies and tools so I know that we can sit here and talk about statistics all day but I mm-hmm. want to know and understand more about how pinwheel the features of it so can we start with how you started pinwheel like how you, how sure. you the technology behind it okay
0: yes so so yeah and I, th- I think those are you know the problem is well established established. We all know the problem, whether it's vague or whether you you need statistics to believe what you already know. I mean, that's what the statistics show is what you already know and worse, right? That's basically what it amounts to. And kids know it too. That's actually the crazy thing. So part of part of our starting journey was going in front of uh, kids. And I did an a intense research session with 16 of them. Um, and they were aged about 9 to 12. Sure. And we did four different product sessions, just like a real company does where they have sticky notes and whiteboards and things and in one of them was a tool called empathy mapping where you try to get inside the head of someone else and you write on these sticky notes what people are thinking feeling saying doing believing Um, and we did that for parents about phones and the amazing amazing thing was when we assimilated the sticky notes that the children had written up and put it into a a page it nailed the case against phone addiction, everything, phone problems, all the worries, cyber, like everything. It was there, including statistics. So what we, what we gleaned from that was kids know the message and a parent's strategy can't be, we'll keep stressing the importance of something, right? Because importance is like one scale and the increase of your fervor and earnestness doesn't do anything yeah. in regards to behavior. Behaviors on another scale or involves more than importance, the ability to act or not act. And for whatever reason, children still want a phone despite knowing all these things, right? And that makes total sense. Like if I told you that winning the lottery or having a million dollars was bad for you and I'm just like, it's really, it's not good for you. Here's all these right. sad celebrities and Citizen Kane and like all this stuff. We would all nod our heads and be like, yeah, that's... Having a pile of money doesn't really work out. But if I then said, would you like the pile of money? You're going to choose that pile of money, just like I would, right? So we have to understand that it's not a character flaw or something like that. Kids got the message and yet they still want the technology. And that was one of the starting premises that we had is, is we have to find a way where phones don't just work for parents or don't just work for kids, but somehow work for both of them and that was the sort of starting premise of the whole thing as as two tech dads right as co-founders we're we're kind of like like technology's fun (laughs) it's supposed to be cool right and I have a total fear factor and a I have a negative relationship with my phone personally I would say right I still carry it everywhere but I wouldn't say that I think of that phone and have positive thoughts. Whereas I think of other technology in my life and, you know, growing up in the eighties and nineties, you thought of all the cool things we'll do with technology. And, and there were tons of great ideas, right? And then instead we have this sedation device that, that goes in front of our eyes. Yeah. And that's what
1: mostly concerns our parents is the physicians and the psychologists. I mean, I'm, I'm just about, just about to publish my book on pretty much cell phone and behavior and how it's changed. And the number one concern is the 160 hours a month children are spending on it, right? Which is equivalent to almost 19,000 hours by the time that they're 18, which means they didn't move, they didn't play, they didn't walk, they didn't play a sport. They're they're choosing less sports, and they want to be on this. Yet they feel more alone on it than ever before in the world history have we right. had kids that are depressed.
0: Right. So so how do you uh, uh what do you do with that and then relate it to an adult. So how many hours do I as an adult spend on a device per month? Well, I know there's roughly 200 working hours in a month and I work on a computer and then there's the rest of time in life, right? So I've got to be pushing 300 probably.
1: Yeah, because I try and work on my laptop in front of my children and I always make myself more accessible to them. I'm not on my Hmm. phone, but I am role modeling for them in my, my home. Now, Pinwheel has some features you um, mm-hmm. and I'd love for you to share some of the, the features that would um, a new parent let's saying buying the phone would like to know about.
0: Sure. Okay. Yeah. So, so high level Pinwheel, we landed on a spot where it's, it's a tool, not a toy. That's the, the key thing. Mm-hmm. Phones should be tools, not toys. And we built that on, you could say research, but yeah, of course, under, understand that research is emerging on this and you're not going to get like if you're as a parent trying to have research tell you what to do you're not going to succeed because the pace of technology's change is faster than the pace of research and observation of adulthood effects of tech. you can't even ask what it was like to get Facebook at five because Facebook wasn't possibly around for a today's adult at five right so we can't study it fast enough so you're gonna to have to go on some semblance of principles, right? Which are research-backed and they come from therapists, they come from uh, the medical profession. You know, there's, there are sources, but you're never gonna get that conclusive like, well, here's just the playbook, research says do it. Doesn't exist and won't exist, can't exist. So uh, from, from there, you know, we, we worked with building the, the therapist and stuff council and said, you know, this something is unique about phones. And what design features can we put that recognize what's unique about phones? And the first one is if it's a tool, not a toy, that means there's no games on it that pull you into the uh, the phone. Second, it means there it's not a distracting thing. It's there to help you do what you intended to. So if I pull out my phone right now and I look at say my calendar, right? How many other apps are screaming for my attention in completely different domains of life and that's really the hard part is to be present or to have a, a give the attention in in a moment that we intended to we have to be able to say you know right now i'm on this podcast not i'm on this podcast and watching my stock portfolio right. and replying to my team in slack and thinking about my health and making sure i'm drinking enough water all of those are important areas of my life but to try to do them all at once All the time, all together, is fragmenting.
1: Yeah, it's not even good for our
0: brains. brains.
1: Focusing on one time is far healthier.
0: Exactly, and so, so the features that we built to do that are first of all to de-junk the apps, right? To not have apps that are like that on the phone. But second of all, we need more than that. We wanted to say the phone could match the modes of life, so that I'm not faced with school apps when I'm in get ready for going to school mode. Instead, I've got a little checklist of routines that say, you know, pack my own lunch, get my stuff together. And the only app maybe available to me is maybe audible or, you know, some kind of music app or something like that. If I want to listen to music while I'm doing those things. Cause I've shown that I can. So that's the idea is, is that then as it switches into school, well, it's going to keep the amount of contacts that i can contact very limited to just emergency contacts which solves a huge school problem of phones at school doesn't matter if your kid has a phone at school if it's a pinwheel phone if you set it to where it can't do anything that's yeah, dude, not school related you know other than call mom and dad which sounds great right same thing at night we have this huge battle about can your you know can you take a phone uh, to bed or not and a lot of homes battle about that uh, it's a terribly bad idea however with a pinwheel phone it doesn't even matter because you can make it a brick at night so there's nothing to do on it it's got nothing right absolutely nothing whereas at some point in the day there's more
1: Mm -hmm. the parents can set it up to go like your child because what we're recommending is that let's say let's just say children's bedtime is nine right and we know that being on a phone revs their brain their nervous system up. Right. On a smartphone, I don't I don't think it's going to be too revved on this phone. <laughs> mm-hmm. But any piece of technology revs their nervous system a little bit. So right. Prior to bed, 1 hour, we have to shut them down so that they can right. calm down. And if yes. do they're reading or do their journaling or draw funny monsters, whatever it is they want to do mm-hmm. before bed, and then we have to read to them and 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 that's my favorite time is reading mm-hmm. but how does pinwheel help that process
0: so as a parent you can set whatever your own rules are for that so i'll tell you how i do it with my daughter
1: okay. um
0: who's 12 okay so she we have a wind down and it's, it's actually is it's called getting ready for bed mode or getting ready for sleep mode or something like that and it starts an hour and a half before bedtime yep. and what it does is it shuts the phone down to um she can only contact emergency contacts at that point that means mom and dad um and we have an audiobooks app that we've allowed during that time. And then a um, one meditation app. So if she wanted to use the phone during that wind down period, she could, uh, but the nature of the phone in the tool in that moment is not going to have the eyeballs on the screen, which is this primary stimuli, right? Instead, it's going to be a talk down or a wind down, which is all progressing towards that right direction of healthy uh, sleep. And so, you know, another parent could say, no, I don't want that. And I think that's the key point to hear on this podcast is a, as you make your conclusions or, you know, yep. y- you might say most Fridays work this way, but today it's road trip or today my kid is sick at school and they're, they're home, they're doing something different. Mm-hmm. You can change all these settings, right? And the, the key is that Absolutely. a mode says, who can you contact and what apps are available during this time period. And you can make that as short as a few minutes, or you can make it as long as several hours, and you can change it on the fly. And then here's the best, best, best part. All of that happens from your phone, not their phone, which is a huge problem. You don't wanna have to be there in person. You can lock down their phone from a hundred miles away if you need to, um, or open it up from a hundred miles away if you need to. And you never have to ask them to, to say, hey, let me look at your phone. Let me fiddle with settings on your phone because the, the genius of it is it's on the parent's phone as the caregiver app. That's the only place there's an app store. It's the only place you can even see what's possible. Right. And you can show some of that to your child when they're ready and you can negotiate over some of it, of course, and do it together if you want to, but the kid isn't over here on their phone saying, Hey, I see this. I see this app store. I see this app. Get this for me. They don't even know what's possible. Um, it's all very tightly in the, in the parent side. Now, so, um, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. I, now the one question I didn't know where I, I really want to know, we know now that children, um, even as young as eight, are taking nude photos and sending them. Right. Um, and that they are talking sexually um, and they're sexting Yep. Um, and saying very inappropriate things. And And predominantly, I do see a lot of this because of what I do um now is there a phone on pinwheel or like a camera
0: yes so there's there's a phone and there's a camera on pinwheel but it addresses this problem very well
1: that's what i'm hoping you're going to explain
0: the pinwheel phone works on safe list contacts only And what that means is your child can't get these spam calls or texts that we're all getting that have become increasingly inappropriate, right? Um, Instead, what happens is they go to the parent app as, hey, this text just came through. And then you can approve that or not. You know, maybe it's their distant aunt. And you're like, oh, I didn't, we didn't have her as a contact yet. Let me approve this. And then it becomes an approved contact. So that's the first thing is there's a safety wall. And that safe list is pretty impenetrable. It's, it's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and really important too, because anymore, most people are getting recycled numbers we found. So if you're getting a new phone today, you're getting some old phone number and that's already on some lists doing something, right? It's hard to get a fresh one. Um, then second of all, so I have, for example, emergency contacts, friends, family. Um, uh, you can go gymnastics team, you know, soccer team, music, yeah. whatever. You can create as many. Those get walled into the modes. And so you can say, well, you can contact these people during this time of day. And those people more expansively during, you know, the whole day or, or half the day or whatever. Then uh, you have the ability to control whether image texting is allowed or not. Okay. And so you can say no image texting, it's just a button you push in. And I think that that's how the default is in default, Pinwheel. Yeah. So, uh, cause the idea of Pinwheel of course is to grow a child's responsibility right. over time, right? And so there could be a day where you turn that you on.
1: It. Yeah.
0: Right. So then on top of that, um, there's, first of all, there's monitoring that you can do for inappropriate conversations. And that's, we rely on Bark, our partner for that. And there's Bark Jr., which is only five bucks a month White instead of 15, words, right? if you add that.
1: Bark flag Yeah, flag
0: they look flag. at words and emoji. Their, their big thing is they have an a, a, a artificial intelligence database that they say speaks teen, and they're always keeping right. track on, you know, what are the new phrases and words that an emoji code that, that kids are using, and they do their best to detect it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I but think
0: there's something uh, additional. Yeah, they do a great job. Um, but what they don't do is they can't give you history. And that's because they're still writing on top of an Android or an Apple device, right? Which is those devices are geared towards privacy of the user. Why? Well, because you make a lot more money when you engage users. How do you engage users? Well, you hack their brain to look at the shiny, flashy things, whether that's naked people or something built on the Vegas effect, right? So yeah. the incentives aren't aligned there. Well, that's that's why we built Pinwell the way we did. So the complete text history is actually available on the parent's phone and the child can't delete it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You get to see like every single text they ever make back and, and forth.
1: That disappear but Those ones are causing the most havoc in school, for school administrators, for parents, for, school right. teams, for coaches, Because the cyberbullying that goes on 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 Snapchat and Instagram is unbelievable. Unbelievable. The time consumed by our lives, solving these problems in which kids are making mistakes, but they're also, we're giving them a toy, we think, a toy. This is a tool. It has things that can do a legal thing with it. And we need to educate children about what we can say, etiquette. I call it netiquette um we also need to teach them how to be kind online how to speak to people online how people can interpret you know something like uh, simple as a joke like oh their welfare well we know that that sounds kind of weird but to them it's kind of a joke right like how to interpret our our context of what we're saying is is a whole other 101 of parenting um but i think a phone like this
0: amen to that
1: a whole other chunk of that out and allows them to learn etiquette at a much slower rate and their brains can process it because our kids can't process the images they're seeing online right now they're not capable that's right their psychological development no, can. between concrete and abstract is completely out the window right now uh their ability to see images right
0: and they're they're also in that stage where they're seeking like if things happen that give them a sense of badness but nobody corrects them or says hey this isn't okay yep. they actually wire their brain to come up with explanations that make it okay and so you end up with a, a family like i talked to where they have a younger son who's like what well, i thought everybody gets raped
1: yeah
0: and that that's just the explanation he ended up coming up with to deal with the reality of what he was seeing right yep. um yeah and and dialing it back right that's like super extreme and scary
1: but, it is happening.
0: but what you said a second ago and it is happening absolutely when you start younger you have more chances to get successful wins is kind of where we're going with this right and that's that's the big difference is a lot of people are wagging their finger at the phone right and I even had we had wait till 8th in our office the other day and we're talking to her and it's they're right about the problem but the problem with childhood 2.0 and wait till 8th, in all those groups is they have only articulated the problem. But you need to know the solution to know what to do about the problem. And the solution is not just, well, wait as long as possible. That's actually not a plan. That's the absence of a plan, is wait as long as possible. A real plan is while your child still trusts you, give them small micro repetitions that you can praise and reward and allow them to build up successful habits so you have these examples we, we actually broke down texting into I think that you have to learn and we had both of these happen to our founders kids um, where when when my co-founders seven-year-old first got a phone he called his parents for a drink of water at 10 45 p.m at night that's nice. funny when they're seven
1: nice
0: and you <laughs> say well that's actually not okay
1: dad I want a beer <laughs> Yeah. no
0: Exactly. And so you're teaching them too about nighttime rules, right? Which you wouldn't really think to have to teach them, but you don't learn except by learning, right? And so you're like, well, it's not really polite to call people after nine or whatever it is, you know? And then my, my daughter had a similar one, which was this person is not texting me back. And I keep saying, are you there? Are you there? Are you there? Right? And you see this string of texts and she's just like upset that someone has not replied to her in about eight minutes that's real common actually for a lot of tweens i've come to find out it is that response time. well that gives me the opportunity to have that discussion with her when her first wall of people she could contact was just family and so she doesn't have some 15 year old friend who's you know they have a relationship fallout because of what she thinks is an etiquette rule that totally isn't. And I get to explain to her what, what's actually going on in other people's lives yeah. when texts are received and how we have to wait, you know, and build that yeah, skill. And so at it's a like
1: baseball game. Maybe they're out. Doing yeah. We have to learn patience. And that only comes, I think by eight years old, psychologically, if we don't have the bond of security and attachment with our children to trust us and come with mm-hmm. us and, and be that landing mat for them, psychologically speaking. Um, we can't get them to the next stage of concrete right. uh, thinking. So that, that's a big jump. And if you miss this stage yeah. of a bond and attachment, their relationships with other people in their life, sexual relationships, any relationships are always going to be a struggle for them. So that's why you could delay using a phone, but you could also educate and work with.
0: That's right. And and I I love what you just said. It's like you can actually build they will have an attachment relationship with their phone. They will. So the question is, are you building a positive one while you have the chance to through successful repetition? Or is it like, here's the six pack of beer, you know, here's the keys to the car, go go play once the day comes. Right. And and that's not what you want. And so we have to rewire this conversation because it's so fear based. Right. And rightly so the statistics are real that the you know there's a Montessori school in our town that had a nudes texting episode with eight-year-olds right like what um it's real no question (laughs) but our response as parents just like if your child is freaking out about something if you start freaking out worse than them yeah that actually rips the security out of their world rather than providing it to them, right? And so we have to keep, change the conversation from fear to skill. There are skills, well, they they're just concrete.
1: Right, they need all their mental skills. Right. Their talk, their resilience, their coping, their defensive mechanisms they have to learn, right? Their
0: impulse management. Yes,
1: all of it. Yeah. Speaking of impulse, your your phone, from what I'm gathering, the pinwheel features, Kind of delay that impulse because their frontal cortex is not developed and they are very impulsive. Right. But we're teaching them Mm -hmm. in short modules on the phone how to still have a life because many kids, they'll be Mm -hmm. on a phone and playing a game and they'll forget to eat. Right. Time goes away. Mm -hmm. So, no, no, no. Food before phone, self before phone. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. Shower before phone. And there are kids that haven't showered in five days their kids is still have underwear on after six days. And I'm not kidding because the parents have just let this, mm-hmm. this monster take over. But I think starting with something right. like this and educating and being part of it in a positive way is a way better method and strategy to prevent mental health in the end. Because in the end too, they need mental skills. If that's not even taught, they're done right. earlier now at 14 than that we would say 18. Now it's 14 but you're taking that impulsivity out. And I think what I teach in my book is about a village. If parents can find a village of parents that are like-minded and their kids are all like-minded, mm-hmm. this is a great product for you to all purchase at once for your child's yes. cohort. It, right?
0: it is better together because to then you number. can build the skills together. Right. That's right.
1: That's what I'm Yeah. And so you t- your
0: nine and 10 year old. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And they can learn how to conduct themselves. And what about cyberbullying? Does it still use bark for that to pick up the words with their cyber? Yeah, so the
0: the approach cyberbullying is to use bark to have the text history complete in the hands of the parent. Yeah. Um, and to not have any of the apps that are, you know, there's no social media on Pinwell. So you can't Snapchat. That's the most right. And so With that combination, it doesn't completely eliminate it, but it also is a lot harder. Like you're not going to get a random text from someone at a school shaming you because they're not even on your safe list. So
1: it's it's
0: harder to reach through the screen to your child on a pinwheel.
1: Right. I really like that feature because when I coach different teams um, and we talk about this on my other podcast, The Mental Game, Uh, a whole volleyball team was in trouble and weren't allowed to play in their semifinals because the coach said, no one talks like that about anyone on our team and you're Mm. all at fault. And so he removed them. Now the parents took, it took a hard hard time to talk to those parents about it, but you know what, if they don't learn this now and you're not teaching them how to do it and you didn't catch it. And now it's my problem. You put it on my lap to Mm -hmm. punish and put consequences Mm -hmm. down because it was very inappropriate very Mm -hmm. um to the point where legal action was taken by two parents so right but if we had that list we could all see about where it started and who started because they were using snapchat which just completely disappears but some people's kids were taking photos of those comments and that's how it got tracked. right Mm -hmm. so i think this is taking a bit of the nightmare out of phones for yeah. sport teams as well and and parents and that in that regard and I really like the way we're approaching it because it's about also teaching our children those short times of, um there's in a short amount of time little bits of growing on a phone because really it is because they're going to be using one when they're older you can either let them screw up now but we can guide them or you can, they can screw up later, but I'd rather be here now and build properly than mess up. I
0: I, I love that. I I also have one tough thing to say about it, which is no product will raise your kid for you anywhere. No product will make your child safe online. No such thing. It can get to safer, but imagine, you know, a child sitting at the top of a cliff on a mountain bike Does putting the helmet on the child make them safe? No, their choice of whether they run down that hill or not is going to be the primary driver of risk, right? The helmet just makes them safer and pinwheels like that. So if you are glued to your phone all day, every day and playing games on your phone and Snapchatting and TikToking on your phone and you think you can pull a pinwheel into your home and your kids are going to be doing just groovy. That's not true. So yeah, there has to be a philosophy and an approach. Pinwheel is a great product for a certain philosophy mm-hmm. and approach, which is we're going to learn healthy skills here, and we're going to treat phones like tools and instead of toys. Yeah, really- if that's the approach, it's going to work great. But but it's it's not otherwise. And I find myself often getting the pushback. Well, what about gaming? And the answer is you can have your own rules about gaming. We have some gaming here and I have my own thoughts about that, whether it's connected or zoning out. But the point is the phone is attached to your body pretty much 24 seven. And if you have at all points in your day, a thing that can pull you into a different reality as a great escape, you're gonna use that. Instead, we need to work on intentionality. I actively pull the Xbox out of the closet that it's in and turn it on. And I know when it's going to turn off before I turn it on. And then we play together, right? That's a completely different experience of gaming. And so it's not about anti-gaming. It's about understanding the unique nature of a phone and its attachment to our persons. We
1: also need to learn... Just how to be balanced with it. We can't stay on it for six hours and then eat. Right. We have to go outside. We got to exercise. We have to take care of ourselves. We have to eat as a family. We have to talk as a family. And and right now, if that's nineteen thousand hours by eighteen years old, um, mm-hmm. that is a lot of loss in terms of laughter with a family, bonding with a family, hanging out, being at a cottage, canoeing, fishing. Um, right. It's also about teaching your kids to have hobbies. Um, we have a phone, yeah, but you only use it a little bit, right? We don't. That, need- that's
0: so right. It, and and what you're saying is like I love about it is none of that is phone related, right? It's having a phone, not having a phone. It's about your culture as a family that you're trying to build with your relationship with the technology, and you totally need tools to support it. And Pinwheel doesn't have to be the tool to support it. You can support that with multiple versions of tools, right? The key is that you as a parent are leading your family towards a healthy relationship with technology and their world.
1: Right. And fantastic. And, and, you know, just to end here, um, Isaiah, I was wondering um, how people can get uh, in touch with you guys? How can they find Pinwheel and uh, go from there? Yeah. So it's just about it
0: pinwheel.com we have a whole bunch of resources on there you know explanation about the product whatever and then social channels and content explaining things you know um and then you can get the app or the go into the parent portal online for free Mm -hmm. so you can explore all the settings you don't even have to pay us anything or let us know you exist just go in there and and see set set up your parenting plan and see if It it works, you know, you won't have some features that require the phone, like you won't be able to see their GPS location on the map because it doesn't have a phone to associate with, right? But you will be able to see all the apps and the settings and the days and the modes. That's a great thing to do. And then last of all, our customer care team is top notch. Um, Over half of them are parents. Um, They really understand this problem well and will talk to you and we've invested very heavily in having a a, significant, a a large customer care team who can talk, text, Facebook message, and live chat you. <laughs> so yeah. don't, don't be a stranger when, when you yeah. get overwhelmed.
1: I think that's great. And thank you so much for being here. I just wanna, at the end of each podcast, I try and talk about three tips or strategies that we can, can cover. So I think there's mm. a, you're gonna correct me if I'm wrong, but Pinwheel has a couple of features that I think are really, something maybe listeners that you want to think about as an option especially if your child's cohort or group are thinking about getting a phone if you feel you're ready to manage this because it's not just handed over it's never going to be handed over if you feel that they're ready for a first step kind of phone that can text and talk it doesn't have the social media then pinwheels your thing If you want to have them only talk to you and a couple people, Pinwheel's your thing, right, Isaiah? Is Mm -hmm. that okay? That's right. And it has no social media apps that you can, you have to. um, Correct. Correct. So I think it's a great way to slowly teach a child the healthy habits of living, Mm -hmm. as well as introducing them to a phone. So I think I really wish I was thinking about it, but you guys just got there first. So (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm like, what can we do that's a fundamental, but take the browser out, take the apps out.
0: Exactly. But
1: but teach them how to put it down and also shuts it off if it's been on for too long, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I really, really want to thank you so much for being here and sharing your brilliant product that uh, I wish I had a hand in. Um, (laughs) But I'm I'm so happy that you're here today to talk to parents about it because not many parents know that this is a product that's actually an option for them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Thanks for helping us get the word out and for fighting the good fight. We sure appreciate I am that.
1: fighting the good fight. Yeah. It's going gonna, gonna, to, I think it'll swing the other way. Right? It has to. It has to because the kids are suffering, right? Yeah. So, well, thank you so much for being here on the Parent Talk today, Isaiah. I hope to have you
0: back though. Sounds great. Yeah, I would love to.